You're listening to the House Call Doctor's Quick and Dirty Tips for taking charge of your health, and I'm your host, Dr. Majd. If you learn anything here or in my podcast, or you just love all things medical, please consider following me on my new Instagram page at doctor, which is dr. Dot s. Dot Majd, M-A-J-D. Again, that's dr.s.majd. As a social media engaged physician, I too often find myself cringing when chancing upon doctor bashing articles and comments. To be honest, I no longer read them. It's frustrating and yes, sometimes infuriating to read misinformation that has somehow spun out of control. Part of the reason for the exacerbation is due to the insurmountable and overwhelming volume of information on the internet. It's simply not feasible to fight each article and respond to each cruel comment. And what would that accomplish anyway? It's easy for people to hide behind the internet. It's not as realistic to actually say out loud some of what I've read people stating while sitting behind the safety of their computers. But you know, doctors are humans too. And most of us have a great sense of ethics and dedication to our profession and patients. This is partly what drives us to this profession. We all have taken an oath to do no harm, and we live by that. So, rather than idly reading the misinformation and myth, I will strive to provide my perspective on some of this misrepresentation and shed light on the truth as best as I can in this two-part article. For part one, here are some of the most discouraging false stereotypes that are created about physicians. But before I go on, just a short word from our sponsor that truly makes the House Call Doctor podcast possible. These days, we all know that you can buy just about anything on Amazon, from shoes to bed sheets to small appliances. It's quick and it's convenient and it can also support our show. And here's how. Go to quickanddirtytips.com slash Amazon and click the link at the top of the page and you'll be taken to the Amazon homepage. Then add whatever you'd like to your Amazon shopping cart and then check out as you normally would. In doing so, you can help support the work that we're doing here on QDT to provide high quality content from blog posts to books to podcasts like this one. Again, that's quickanddirtytips.com slash Amazon. So myth number one, doctors are wealthy. So why did I decide to pursue medicine as a career? Let's start there. First of all, like most other doctors, I fancied science and math growing up. I excelled at these subjects and was a geek of sorts, at least more than I'd let on. I also knew that whatever path I'd choose, it would be a humanitarian one. I felt a sense of satisfaction serving others, whether while teaching as an organic chemistry teaching assistant for three years in college, volunteering at a teen clinic and our community clinic in college, or serving as a liaison between the student body and our campus health clinic. It was all personally rewarding. So you may argue that perhaps there is also something selfish in the feeling of the satisfaction that we receive in return for wanting to help others. And that may be partially true. Yet whatever the case, this is the path that I chose. But I'll tell you this, never in my decision-making did I think to myself, I want to be rich. This is one of the most frustratingly untrue doctor myths. If money was on my mind when deciding on a future career, then I would have chosen business and I would strive for a CEO corporate position. My student loans will be cut to a minute fraction of what they are. Needless to say, I will be paying off my student loans for decades to come. 
In fact, as I mentioned in a recent podcast, doctors are clueless when it comes to money. It's not what drives us, contrary to myth. We opt for a minimum of 11 years of extra schooling past high school, carrying well over half a million dollars in debt by then. In the process, we sacrifice our youth while our peers are out socializing, pursuing their hobbies, starting a family, and really living life. We have our heads stuck in a book for over a decade. We are often in our 30s when we finally start earning an income. When I finally started to earn instead of pay, I was working 100 work weeks as a resident with not much more than minimum wage earnings. So who in their right mind wants to do this, you may ask? Well, only someone crazy enough to enjoy the near torture that we endure until we finally finish navigating a hierarchy and ranking structure akin to the military. Believe me, no amount of money is worth all of this effort. Unless this is truly your calling. And believe me when I say that most of us are certainly not rich. Myth number two. Doctors are in cahoots with the pharmaceutical industry. So while it's true that those of us in healthcare really depend heavily on the pharmaceutical industry to produce life-saving medications, it's really a love-hate relationship. If you recall my prior episode on costly medical tests that are typically unnecessary, I mentioned that healthcare is a business in this country. If we retain this model, we need to be ready to accept that there's a huge financial incentive that drives this pharma segment of the system as well. The drug manufacturing companies are therefore given the opportunity to charge whatever they fancy for their drugs. And we, the people living in the U.S., meaning are all passively allowing it to happen by electing government officials who encourage this unethical dilemma. With that being said, most doctors in the trenches get exceedingly frustrated knowing that patients cannot always afford their medications due to high cost. It's outrageous to see a patient with leukemia whose survival is dependent on a pill that costs $13,000 a month. What doctor doesn't feel frustrated when their asthmatic patients can't afford to pay for that inhaler that will keep them from losing their breath? Or how about that outrageous life-saving EpiPen Pharma fiasco? Like patients, doctors felt the pain of that one too. Thankfully, there are now generics for many ailments. And believe me, most of us practicing doctors purposefully select generics for everything unless we have no other choice. Like my colleagues, I cringe every time I'm forced to select a brand when a generic doesn't exist, like for inhalers. Many of us also refuse to dispense any samples, another tactic to entrap the patient. I have to admit, I have lost a patient or two in my career because of it, believe it or not. Patients cannot afford the prescriptions that their insurance plans will not cover and really sometimes depend on samples to get by. But by dispensing them, I'd be encouraging these pharma games, and I'm not about to compromise my ethics. As with many of my colleagues, I refuse any contact with the pharmaceutical reps who visit the clinic in hopes of educating, quote-unquote, doctors about their new, outrageously priced and often unnecessary drugs when generics are easily available at a fraction of the cost. Interestingly, I have never seen an unattractive pharma rep and this is not a coincidence. They are top-notch salespeople who can really sell anything. 
But guess how they bypass the doctor in order to capture the consumer? Through ads on television. Nearly daily in my office, patients inquire about a medication commercial that they saw on TV. The farmers are quite savvy at manipulation of our healthcare system. Do they bring free lunches for the staff? Well, this depends on the medical group's stance on the level of pharma involvement at their site. My staff knows to refrain from mentioning their presence to me or to even sneak a plate for me. No, thank you. These lunches are purposefully designed to place pressure on employers and doctors who have to sign off on them because the staff really wants that free lunch. In exchange, they occupy our precious clinic time in order to give their biased, rehearsed sales pitches about their assigned drug, and most of them don't have any medical degree or experience other than in sales. The new Physician Payments Sunshine Act now requires transparency of the monetary value of these lunches. The cost of these lunches get reported on an individual doctor basis and is publicly made available. So if that one lunch costs $300 and three doctors sign for them, then each one of those doctors gets $100 added to their tally report. Let's face it though, there really is no free lunch. And believe me when I tell you that many doctors agree with these sentiments, but I'd like to make clear that whether we do accept these controversial lunches or not, we are certainly nowhere near being in cahoots with the pharmas. While we all depend on the pharmas to produce life-saving drugs, in my personal opinion, regulation to some degree is a must here. We need to remove the presence of pharmas in the clinical setting and remove their presence on television advertisements. Healthcare may be a business, but we are dealing with human life. It's not an airline or a supermarket. So how long will we allow this to go on? It's really time that we place pressure on our elected officials to start making ethical decisions to represent us here. Just my two cents. So tune in next time to hear the remainder of these spun out of control myths about doctors as we continue our discussion on this hot topic. Please note that all content here is strictly for informational purposes only. It doesn't substitute any medical advice and it doesn't replace any medical judgment or reasoning by your own personal health provider. So please always seek a licensed physician in your area regarding all health-related questions and issues. Well, thanks again for listening to another episode of The House Call Doctor. Stay healthy and I'll catch you next time.